Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how you can save some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. Now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in Google Play or the App Store. Click on My Ticket section of the app, create an account, then under the Billing section, redeem the code ATHLETIC. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. Make your moves quick and score up last-minute tickets. Uh, I just felt like we let one let one go. I feel like we've been in this situation before. Last year, we uh, had an opportunity to go down to San Fran and beat them to go to the playoffs, and we didn't do that. And we came back the next week and beat the Chiefs and, and uh, earned our way to the playoffs, and I feel like this is no different. You know, we, uh, we definitely dropped the ball today, but we still got everything in front of us, which is a blessing. And the uh, only thing we can do is, is bounce back, get ready to beat 49ers. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Mike Dugar. You can follow me at Twitter, at Mike Dugar. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow him on the tweet machine as well. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. All right, who you just heard right there is Seahawks strong safety, Bradley McDougald, after the Seahawks just got their butt whooped uh, by the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, 27-13. to 13? the final Chris just a total total beat down only scoring 13 points against one of the worst defenses in the league and this this is not going to be a very positive podcast <laughs> let's throw that out there now uh, but I did want to start with a bit of positivity from Bradley there who offers a, a parallel to last year when they got beat by Nick Mullins in overtime in the Bay and then came back uh, shorthanded uh, they didn't have Tedrick at the time I don't think and I don't think they had DJ Fluker, I think they might have been missing another uh, offensive lineman as well, and they were able to, you know, beat the best team in the league at the time in the Kansas City Chiefs in a Sunday night game, uh, which this will be upcoming against the Niners in Week 17. So, I mean, it's not to say that the situations are going to play out the same way. They could easily just get smoked by the Niners <laughs> next Sunday, but, you know, that is the the best glass-half-full approach or, you know, mindset that I was able to get on record because, who boy, Chris, it was not good in the locker room after that game. No smiles, no joking. Oh, there was one joke. I'm not going to repeat it, but it was funny. Uh, one joke, not a ton of smiles, not a ton of, hey, bro, where are we going to eat after this? It was just like, I'm going to the house. Don't talk to me, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I think this uh, the show, Chris, is going to reflect that because there's not much good uh, to talk about when you get whooped by Brett Huntley. Yeah, I mean, the only positive was the Seahawks' first possession. Yeah, that's true. That that was the, that was a pot. That was beautiful, man. After that, it's as if they reverted back to we don't know what we're doing. Can't block. Can't catch. Can't tackle. Can't coach. Let's. There's there's so many things wrong here because I think everyone. <laughs> everyone there really is. This is so bad. This is gonna be. This is the probably the. Yeah, you're right. Title that should be doom and gloom because it was terrible. That's to- yeah, that's the title. Um, so I want to because because everyone wants to know who to blame when they lose yeah. when it's not like you know just obvious 
because uh, no one person in one position group was good or bad today. Everyone was bad, <laughs> like everyone. I think the uh, uh, Michael Dixon. He was pretty good today. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> but he's part of a position group. Yeah, you're right. And his group can't count apparently oh when it comes to field gosh. goals. We will get to that. But Ooh, I don't uh, want to talk about that. But I feel we're we gonna have to get there because everybody got questions about it. <laughs> I will, I will say this. If I had to start with the blame, yeah, the first blame goes to the O line, because when you have a bad O line, and I don't think this O line is bad. Even this, the the five that they started today with Jamarco at left tackle, who's my man at left guard, uh, Mike Ayupati and Ethan had some time there, and then Joey, Jermaine, and, and DJ with with Fant doing his thing. Even that group, I don't think is a bad group. I don't think. I think they played poorly on Sunday. Wasn't their best showcase. No, no, no. They they couldn't run block. They couldn't pass block. And when you can't do those things, there's no – Shadi and Russ, they're a great combo. I really think they are. I think both of them have some strengths. They have some weaknesses as well. But their strengths are as, about as probably as good as some of the best OCs and quarterback strengths in the league. I really do believe that. At their best, they can look like the, the best at their positions at their respective jobs, I guess. There is nothing they can do to save the day when they can't run block and you can't pass block. Like, they tried everything that people want them to try. I know it doesn't feel like it. Oh, they tried moving the pocket. They tried getting the ball out fast. They tried uh, running it to, you know, kind of neutralize the rush. None of that worked. They tried deep shots. They tried quick shots. Well, the deep shots didn't even happen because Chandler Jones was there with four sacks and two forced fumbles, one on Brown and one on Russ. I mean, as you alluded to, nothing was working today. And it, the only thing that also worked was the jet sweep to David Moore, actually. That was a positive play. Yeah, that, no, actually that was on the first drive, right? Uh, yeah, everything on the first drive worked. <laughs> after after that, I'm telling you, they're getting hit in the backfield. CJ Prosai is getting wrecked in the backfield. Uh, Travis Homer on third and three, right after the field goal block, wrecked in the backfield. He lost two had, three yards on that one. He had no shot. Yeah, he had no shot. I don't care if that was Marshawn who got that handoff. There's no shot when you're getting hit that early, man. There just there is. Like when your O line cannot do that and they're not in sync. And they're letting Chandler Jones come in free, which they did on the strip sack on Russ. I don't care who the OC is. I don't care yeah. if it's Andy Reid. I don't care if it's Greg Roman, the OC in Baltimore. You cannot work magic with a bad run blocking O line and a bad pass protecting O line. Ain't enough that you can just do uh, to re- to beat any team. I don't care how good or bad your opponent is. That's just not. That's not, that's not what it's gonna be. So that was the. They were the most uh, at fault today and then i would probably go on the other side of the ball the front seven just got its butt kicked too yeah well they 166 yards by one dude are you kidding me career high for him too Kenyon drake that is yeah yeah Kenyon drake who is a nice player he's also another example i think of why you just you don't pay running backs man you just draft you go get the next dude from bama eight eight times out of ten that dude's gonna be fine behind your o-line like exclude trent richardson and uh What's the other cat who's not very good? He's in Detroit. Bo Scarborough. Mm. You move, remove both of them from the equation, and basically, if you drafted, if you if you're running back as a cat from Bama, you'll be fine. Even Eddie Lacy was a Pro Bowler at, at some point, right? So those guys just got whooped, man. The 80 yard run, they couldn't and they couldn't contain. They were losing Brett Hundley. They were losing Kyler Murray. It was just all, all all over the place, man. They they were just getting whooped, and there's also not much Ken Norton can do when they're getting whooped. Yeah, I mean, if you call up certain game plans, you expect your players to execute. If your players don't execute, that makes you look bad, 
And now people are wondering, well, what are you calling? Well, usually these defenses work. Today we're just not in sync. We're not tackling. We're not making plays. Yeah. It just wasn't a good day. It was just a day where the Seahawks were terrible. And I expected them to have one of the – I thought the game against the Cardinals would be the game that they go out and they flourish. And yeah, they, they dominate. Yeah, yeah. And they showcase, we're here. We're ready for the Niners next week. Let's go. What they showed today, the Niners are thinking. They're licking their chomps. They're excited for this opportunity. And the Seahawks have to really figure themselves out this next week. And there's a bunch of injuries now. Chris Carson appears to be done for the season. Oh, he is. He's CJ done. CJ Prosize. CJ Prosize is done. by Buda Baker. Broke his arm. He's done for the season. Oh, they said it was broke? Yeah, broken arm. Oh, boy. Yeah. I knew something was wrong when he got hit. I mean, he got blasted. Yeah. And then um, D- Dwayne Brown's probably not going to play again. Yeah, damn. He could, but I, I doubt it. It's it, As Pete says, he needs some work done. When Pete says he needs work done, that's not a good sign. Yeah. That's... That that's that's not good, and, and I, it's and it's so and it's unfortunate because they were. I think today. I mean, today would have been a really good day to showcase what they're really all about with Russ. Maybe they did, that's and it just scary. wasn't good. Uh, you could be absolutely right. I mean, you look at Tyler Lockett today. He went. He was non-existent in the first half. Non-existent. He put as many stats as Mike and I did. No, he had a catch in the first half. He had a catch. No, 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 no. No. In the first half, shut down. And a lot of it had to do with the run game because the Seahawks love to set things up. Yeah. They're really good at run, run, run. Oh, play action. Got him. None of that crossing stuff was working. You know why? Because the running game was stuffed. And, and that, he, crossing routes take time to develop. Yeah. And if you have Chandler Jones in the backfield while you're trying to do a crossing route, it's that, not going to happen. That boy had a residency in the backfield. Oh, yeah. He's clearly uh I a Washingtonian now. How many? Yeah, man. How <laughs> Four many sacks, sacks today? He's got what nineteen on the year now. He's leading the NFL. Damn, just like that. Just like that. Had a day where he had where he had four. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean the way when you're not performing like that, like when the player like because to, to continue on the defense real quick too, like Ken Norton ain't never missed a tackle this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like there's some plays. There was some probably some moments there where the, the oh there was a moment where the where the where third the, and goal. There was a moment, no timeouts left for the Cardinals. You have Trey Flowers against the great and one and only, also top ten all time wide receiver according to the NFL Network, uh, Larry yeah. Fitzgerald. That's true. Although we disagree there, I don't think th- not on Larry. I'm oh, saying, you're just saying you can leave him alone. I think I think you can trust Trey against against there's, Larry. There's there's ten receivers you don't do that with. Actually, uh, maybe all time? five. No, I'm just five in the NFL right now that you don't leave Trey with alone. Oh yeah, see, I disagree. Larry's one of them. See, if there were five, I don't think Larry's one of them. I think Larry's one of them. Well, you know that pass was incomplete, right? Well, only because the ground, he couldn't hold it with his fingertips. That's, but but it mean, wasn't as if Trey made a great play and knocked it out. It was literally Larry couldn't hold on. Yeah, but it's not. I get what you said. <laughs> but he didn't catch it. I mean, He didn't catch it. And if you were to see Trey Flowers do the motion of no catch, I'd have like, bro, you had no impact on well, the Well, no, because they called a touchdown. He couldn't have done that. They thought... It, I, I, that's one where I don't think Ken was like in that bad of a spot. I think the uh, they had a third and long, and Ken sent the soldiers. Mm. I think he blitzed Bradley. I think he blitzed KJ, and they did a quick screen to Larry and got the first. Perfect. That's one of those like just you know you just checkmate. Got, you, got you know what I'm saying? Here. Yeah, but I don't think the whole game was like that. You know, what no, I'm not the whole and game. Even then, Ugo was uh, not in a good position mm. on that play. Yeah, he got he he was able to get blocked out of the play, and then. Larry was able to go, so I, I when your trenches are that bad and you're setting your line and your linebackers aren't making plays in the ways that they should. Bo- actually, Brad, uh, Bobby made a lot of plays. 
I do think Bobby made a lot of plays, but even then it wasn't enough. Oh, so, yeah. um, yeah, I think when there, there's not much coaches can do. That said, I don't think as much of this is, is on Pete as people think it is. When yeah. do you draw the line then, I guess? So here we go. Let's get into it because there's, there's a couple instances here where people are going to be like, Mike, this is on Pete. Pete got out coached. I hear you. I do. I feel you. You're not wrong, probably. Um, especially because I think Bradley McDougal told me, he was like, yo, not told me. He just said it in front of a bunch of other reporters, but it was my question. He was like, yeah. I was like, why was the run defense so bad? He was like, you know, I don't know. He's like, uh, I think, uh, he didn't say I don't know. Sorry. He was like, you know, we were anticipating trying to stop all the jet sweeps and stuff to the, the outside the outside runs that have been killing us the past few weeks. Opened up the middle. Which makes sense because they had been getting burned on that stuff. Oh, man. Um, and then the adjustment the the Cardinals made was like keeping stuff within the tackles and the, that threw off the uh, Seahawks defense and they were just getting run all over, you know. At the same time, there was a lot of missed tackles and stuff too. I mean, again, Ken Norton ain't never drawn up a missed tackle. You know what I'm saying? There's only so much uh, you could do there, but... You know, I, I will say this on Pete. So, what's the first one? Should we do the field goal first or do the... Shoot, let's do the field goal, man. Field goal first. Okay. It says it's tied up 7-7, fourth and one from the 33-yard line. I think, of course, never kick. Go for that. It's fourth and one. You can get it. I don't even mind throwing it on third and one like they did to Jacob Hollister, and it was just incomplete. Whatever. You got two downs. Do whatever you need to do on the on the fourth down. Go for it. They decide to kick. You agree with the decision to kick? I agree with the decision to kick. Just kick it. I hear get you. Get your 10 points, or excuse me, get your three. Go up 10-7. See what your defense can do. Yep. Roll from there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's an, that's an option as well. I think it's soft to go f- to, to kick, but even then, you're doing something that attempts to get points, which ultimately is... It's not soft. Kick. Yeah, well, it's not soft, <laughs> but that did not happen. No, it So, did obviously, not. what did happen is, is uh, Jason Myers lines up to kick the field goal, He's in position, then he looks, and he sees something he don't like. He does the Jameis Winston squint, uh, and it's just like, okay, cool. Walks back up towards the holder, which is Michael Dixon, I believe, and then he's like, uh-oh, this ain't right. Boom, delay a game. Now they back up five yards, and they have to punt. Pete Carroll's explanation for that, he says, Jason Myers did not like how they were aligned up front. He saw something messed up, and he was like, it's better for us to take the delay of game than to burn a timeout right now. So they did not kick. The play call was to kick. And then Jason just decided not to. We discussed this before the show, Chris. At first I'm like, ah, oh, you know, Pete's got to call timeout there at some point, which he does. Part of that, though, the other part is Jason's a grown man who's been on this team all year, and it's his job to call the timeout. Like that, it just comes down to that. If he thinks I didn't get a chance to talk to Jason after the game, no one did, to my knowledge. Uh-huh, I wonder why. I don't think he ran from us. I just don't think that by the time we heard Pete's explanation and then had time to come back into the locker room, that he was still there. I think he, you know, it's the kicker. He don't got a shower if he don't really need to. You know, you just get in, get out, get on with life. As far as I know, that's what Jason was thinking. It was better to take the delay game than to call timeout. If that's what he was thinking. Uh, man, it might be time to audition kickers, brother, because that is that 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 don't make no sense to me. Does that it, make sense to you? It doesn't. And as the you look at Russell Wilson, he's the quarterback of the Seahawks. When there's a panic and things aren't set, he's freaking out and calling timeout. He calls timeout. Yelling yep, at yep. players that aren't set, or he's talking to Pete about, hey, this wasn't that wasn't working. Okay, cool. People will disagree on Twitter. Why did they use a timeout? Well, hey. 
blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, it's still stupid. We have to be better at time management. Okay, Jason Myers, why do you think you should be excluded? Yeah, it's on him to call time out. on you. If you see something you don't like, call time Pete's out. Pete's probably thinking, call time out, call time out. I'm not going to save you, am I? He doesn't think, Russ, call time out, call time out. He's just like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, you call... Oh, okay. And even sometimes he will call timeout. Yes. Remember against the it was against the Bears. Yes, sometimes last Pete is year. on it and he is running down. Remember, there. and Russ didn't like that. Remember against the Bears to uh in twenty eighteen, yes. week two, Russ call, uh, Russ is trying to get them lined up. They're and out that's of whack. Fine. You don't have to like it, but you know what? You also don't lose five yards and knock yourself out of field field goal range or don't get points, whatever the case may be. In yes. those situations, Jason Myers, ninety nine point nine percent, bro, you gotta call that timeout. You you are clearly aware, don't. And the best part when he relined up, he acted. He was so nonchalant. He made it seem as if there was like a good fifteen seconds for him to reline. That's because um, he was willing to take the delay of game. There was no urgency because he felt the, there was no, no urgency, need to. You be. just kind of walk the sideline. You you don't just. My point is, you just kind of ignore the fact that you screwed up. He literally appeared that he had no clue that there was five seconds left, and he was resetting. That's what it appeared to me. I'm gonna ask Jason about this probably on Tuesday. But yo, he might have just been nervous, and that's fine. But you is also, that fine? Yeah, you can be nervous. I don't know if you could be nervous right there, but you got it. You can be nervous. Nerves. Everyone gets nervous. Go be nervous on someone else's team, and we trying to win. The call timeout though. That's the whole thing. You can be nervous, Mike. You still got call timeout. Okay. You can't be nervous and forget judgment and what you need to do as a professional player when there's a chance for you to get three points on the board. And yeah, that, and that's why bringing it back though. I don't think I put much of it on Pete. I'm not putting. Pretty much any I'll of probably like ten percent, like because at the end of the day, it's five seconds left on the game clock. He sees that Jason's not in a position to kick it. He's clearly not going to kick it. He's got to run on the field in his air monarchs and be like, "Yo, time, 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 time." He does have that power. He does. So I got to put a little bit of it on him, but, but it's, it's almost like the O line and the D line and the front seven we're just talking about. The players don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much to you know, or they don't they don't execute properly. Maybe he pulled a J.R. Smith. Didn't even know if he had timeouts. Man, it could. I don't know. That's without talking to Jason. <laughs> we got, we got it's hard. It's it's very very tough. Well, to be honest, by Tuesday he might have said, "I want to talk about it. We're moving on." Who's the next opponent? Yeah, I mean that's fine too, but like the and the, what was the other one? Oh, the the you got it at the end of the half. Yeah. Okay. So real quick on this, because we got so many questions and we want to get through as many of you guys' questions as we can. At the end of the half, you guys know what happened. They call timeout after the second down run. The Cardinals will have any timeouts. Uh, they're on the goal line. The The Cardinals on third and goal run a play to Fitz that we are talking about earlier. It doesn't work, and then they kick the field goal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Seahawks. So Pete's, Pete's rationale for the timeout. This is because I was very confused. I <laughs> tweeted I was confused. You was confused. Everyone was confused. I think even Cable Thanos was like, yo, someone explain the timeout to me, even if you're making it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, I saw that. I, I was, was like... Oh, that's that a, funny. That's a great tweet. Uh, shout out Cable Thanos. Uh, my understanding, and this is what Pete said, is that they want they call a timeout because they wanted to see what they could do if they could get the ball back. And you know what, Chris? Maybe it's stupid to think that you could have done something if you get the ball back, but they, they needed points so bad, I don't even blame them. To be honest, if you want the ball back, you call a timeout when he did. That's what it comes down to. Uh, for me, because they're going to get a playoff either way. They're going to get a third down playoff either. Because, like, if you look, as soon as David Johnson finishes the uh, the second down play, he's running over back to the um, the field like some of the other guys aren't too. Like, they're trying to go hurry up because they really don't have any timeouts. But Pete's like, okay, play's over. We want the ball back. Timeout. Like, if you want the ball back, that is the play to make. 
Like if if you think the Cardinals would have been discombobulated and maybe not run, you know, something as like as sound as what they ultimately did run, fine. But the Seahawks wouldn't have maybe not have been as aligned as they would have wanted to. You know, like a part of other Pete's explanation was that we wanted to make sure we got the call right, which also makes sense to me. You know, that's the only scenario where I think that could make sense is if you were trying to get the ball back. Now, we agree, Chris. <laughs> there was only 20, 25 seconds. You were and, only going to get the ball 25 the, seconds left. To be honest, the way the offense was looking after what we've seen the whole first half, I, I don't see it likely becoming points. Just throwing that out there, Pete. Yes. Like maybe it's irrationally optimistic to have expected to go get points with about twenty seconds left when your offense was poop the entire first half minus one drive. Perhaps that's the case. Yes. I would actually say that is the case. It was <laughs> irrationally optimistic. But however, if that is your goal, you do need to call timeout yes. right away. Makes sense. So they can they can run their play because you know they're gonna throw. Your hope is that it's incomplete, which it was. Well, after review. And then they kick, and you get the ball back. Like, it played out how he probably liked, except for maybe not getting points. It's just a tough one. I mean, now, you know, we talked about it before we started the show, and we're talking about it now. But, I mean, game plan and practice, I'm sure they run drills where, hustle, hustle, hustle. We know this play is coming. We know they're going to try to run it here. The defenders, they got to be thinking that way. And maybe Bobby can no, no, Pete, we got this. We got it. I mean, maybe that changes things if Bobby's out there screaming, nope, we got this. Don't call the mm-hmm. timeout. But he caught it so fast. Like, oh, as soon yeah. as the play's... Oh, I watched yeah. the replay. As soon as the play's, soon play's over, time out. whistle, time. And if Bobby even was saying that, unfortunately, Pete overruled. And it worked out. They just didn't score points, yeah. to be honest. I mean, they gave up three. They tried to go down and score. Didn't work out. And to the point I made earlier, the offense wasn't looking good. To be honest, just take a knee. And, <laughs> yeah. And try to come out in the second half with more energy and try to beat this team. Not, oh, we got 25 seconds. Uh, let's see what we can do. <laughs> have you not been watching the game? Yeah. It's not working right now. So I, I don't think the in-game stuff was really as big of a deal as the execution was. I really don't. I, I really, really don't. I think this is very different than, like, the Saints game or the um, the Ravens game in that regard. I think this was a lot more of on the players than the than the coaches themselves today. And, and you could just see it. Like, don't the only thing I heard about was the coaches was Bradley's thing about the run defense. That was the only person who was kind of like, you know, maybe we weren't prepared in that way but other than that man guys just didn't tackle you know guys didn't kiss the ball didn't hold on to the ball they didn't block when you don't do that um like there was some mismanagement let me get that very clear pete probably could have put his team into some better positions and made some better decisions especially maybe going for it uh at at times but maybe being more aggressive with the timeout call and you know not leaving that all the way up to jason myers like there is definitely some of this is on pete but i don't think it's one of those like oh pete had this worst day ever fire him Cause that's stupid, uh, man. That was so bad, Chris. And not the questions, the questions we're about to answer are not gonna make it any better. No. Before we get to Twitter questions, let's quickly pay some bills. You're kicking it. You got your sweats on. You are at home for the day. You got food, but you gotta use the microwave. Hashtag leftovers. The cool thing is that's where you enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. If I might add, DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Right now, our listeners, Seahawks Man to Man that is, can get $5 off their first order of 15 bucks or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code HAWKS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code HAWKS. Don't forget, that's promo code HAWKS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right. You ready, Mike? You know I'm always ready. 
or tonight, <laughs> you're gonna have to be ready. Yeah, so we're gonna have to. It's not gonna be the normal question session. We got a group of some of these together because it was like a lot. We get like twenty plus, and a lot we, of them were some yeah. overlap as well. Twenty seven total. Yeah, so we don't have time to read everybody's at name. We we have them all here, but we appreciate the questions. We're gonna try to get through everyone's question. We want to make sure everyone gets an answer because these are all very good questions. So let's let's kick this off, Chris. Group one, basically. They want to know about the playoff run. What are the chances of this team going deep into the playoffs? What about even a Super Bowl? And then you have to look at the injuries. What's going on with this team now, Mike, going into the postseason with injuries? Super Bowl, what do you think? Okay, so not having Dwayne Brown is huge. I think that's obviously a lot bigger than not having Chris Carson, to be honest. Last year, this team had three different guys run for 100 yards. Like I, but behind different O-lines, too. I think those are behind three different O-line combinations, if I'm not mistaken. So I really think that if the blocking is is there, any running back can have uh, a similar level of success in a short period of time, like meaning like three games or at least two that they'll have. So I think that's like that's losing Dwayne is a big deal. But I think like this team is so weird, man. They can beat anybody for real. Like we should have known something was up when they barely beat the Bengals. <laughs> like they they literally they literally beat the worst With team no in the league. AJ Green. <laughs> yeah, they literally beat the worst team in the league by the smallest possible margin, at home. Like this team can lose to anyone. They can also beat anyone, bro. They went to the San Fran and beat the Niners, man. They beat the Niners, who at the time was the best team in the league. So undefeated, man. Yeah. So I I, I can't count this team out entirely just because I know they can turn it on or off. Uh, and I think they'll have Jadavian back. I think they'll have Shaq back next week. Uh, I don't know. Quandre, if, if Quandre plays, I think it's because he is just a soldier. I don't think that ankle is going to be anywhere near a high ankle sprain, bro. That's not, you know, you're not going to be able to play football at a high level two weeks after that. You're just not. You'll be able to play high level? I don't know. He's going to be in so much pain. I, I just don't even think that's, I don't even know if he should go out there and do that, to be honest. But, if they have two of these three of Diggs, JD, Shaq, if they have two of those three, unless it doesn't even matter who the two are, if they have two of those three for the stretch, I think this team is capable of winning the division and the playoff game. There we go. I think those two, th- th- those two things are possible with two of those three players. And I don't even think it matters who the left tackle is, whether it's George, whether it's Jamarco, um, I think that's that's the realistic expectation. I think is to, they could the, the division is still attainable, and so is winning a playoff game, no matter where it is. By the way, whether it's in Philly, Dallas, Minnesota, or here, I think a playoff game is winnable as currently with this roster as currently constructed. All right, next up, this group they're curious about the running back situation. The Seahawks have lost C.J. Prochise for the year, Chris Carson for the year, Rashad Penny for the year. Jesus. Which former running back could they reach out to? What about Marshawn Lynch? Is he somewhere available? I mean, that's what's going on with these questions here. Okay, so I'll, everyone wants to know about the running back situation. First off, losing three running backs for the year in three weeks is so brutal. Has anyone has that happened to anyone before? That is unreal to have that happen in that uh, circumstance. So, Chris, do we have the list? I think we got a list of running backs who are available right now. It's it's not great, man. I'm not I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think. Marshawn, the thing with Marshawn, I don't even know about you know his in shape, like his conditioning doesn't matter to me as much as like does he want to do this? He's got to want to play football. If not, it just it just won't work. 
Uh, I mean, some other options out there. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, I think, is available. Um, Doug Martin, I think, is out there. C.J. Anderson. I, I would say this. I don't know who you like on, on in terms of the free agent guys, Chris. I would say my top is probably C.J. Anderson, Blunt, LeGarrette Blunt, that is, uh, and maybe Alex Collins. I would definitely go Alex Collins, Alfred Blue. He used to play with the Texans. Chris, not not Chris Ivory. Actually, I'll go Chris Ivory. Oh yeah, Chris, Chris yeah, Ivory. Chris was, Ivory would be all solid. right. And I'll also take um, Jack Reese Rogers, and I'll go. Oh, he's out there too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take. Um, I'll just give you four. I really don't. I can't. I don't. <laughs> the fifth one is just a toss up. I just. I'll just say C.J. Anderson. Because I think. Because I think you can. You can win games with Travis as your number one. He runs really hard. I think. Like even the outside run he had for like seventeen yards. Like Travis can can run. I think he's a really tough downhill runner that you can be successful behind a good old line. Like but I don't is he think built for the Chris Carson type load when he hasn't had it all season. Yeah, I mean he's still a running back at the end of the day. Like it, I hear you, but I don't know if he if he's capable. But I feel it. Well, I mean he's fresh. Shoot, it's like he's true. taking a bunch of hits. He will be though. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I I think there's a different. I I think he'll he could be fine. I mean he's young. He's yeah. rookie. And that's why I kind of went with the young guys, with the with the guys I named. Alfred Brew's only twenty eight. See, I think with the with whoever they would sign to as well, I think keep this in mind. They probably need that dude for like eight carries a game, ten. Yeah. Alex Collins twenty five. Like, cause Travis can handle ten or twelve, yes. right? Because then you you'll give somebody else ten or eight. That's twenty twenty two runs. Maybe my math's off, but <laughs> forget really, where you're going. You don't Mike, need one. You don't need some new guy to come in and run the ball twenty five times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got Travis. You got Xavier Turner. I think is on the practice squad. You call him up. Because uh, he at least knows the system and know, can knows the blocking schemes, at least can run your two minute offense. Because you need someone to be able to do that, you need someone to help block. Uh, so and then yeah, this third dude was yeah, you get Chris Ivory, Marshawn, Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, sure. You only hire you only sign Marshawn if he wants to. He don't. For real. To. He's got to want to get out here and get hit. <laughs> I saw him at the mall. He looking. He's chilling. Like yeah, he he seems very like. He's at peace. Yeah, at peace is a good way to good way to put that. Now, if he wants to do it, you sign him today. Yeah, you let him know, hey man, your key card still works. You get the same locker. Your your parking numbers ready. All your, your parking spot is yours. If anybody's wearing number twenty four, that we will cut them today. The, the offense is yours. You are a lead back today. If Marshawn wants to do it, yep. If he wants to, I don't know if I have no idea of knowing whether he wants to. He didn't respond to my you up text. Uh, who else we got? Yeah, that's. Man, the, the running back situation is a problem. It is a problem. But I do think if the O-line can block, then I think that Travis can be successful. I think he can be – it wouldn't surprise me if they block well enough that he runs for 100 yards against the Niners. I'm, right. I'm really dead serious about that. Next group, this has to do with a little bit of injuries and the upcoming draft. We're looking at it like this. How do all these injuries play a role in the upcoming draft slash free agency and what positions are key um, I would say O line is gonna be big. O line is gonna be big in the draft and I think defensive I think you gotta get pass rushers. Whether that's outside linebackers, whether that's DEs, you just gotta go, you gotta go get them. Like, cause you don't know what's gonna happen. You, like you don't know what you got in LJ. You just don't. You have them, but you don't know what you have. You have let's see. You you don't know if you can have Clowney next year. At what cost and what his health's gonna look like same after with this. Ziggy. And the same thing with Ziggy. Yeah. You don't you just too many variables. You need to just go get pass rushers. Draft yeah. two. For real. Go get two. Uh, I'm not even joking. Uh so that's we'll probably gain on later. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we will. We're gonna we're gonna get the draft stuff out of there uh early for sure. But I think th- that changes 
I mean, that's the biggest thing. And then obviously draft another running back. Definitely draft another running back. And you need some tackles, baby. Oh boy. Those are the three. I would say you need some you need some defensive ends, you need some tackles, and you probably need another running back. Because now you've got three running backs on IR. That yes. is insane. That's insane. All right. Our last group. Why do fans want to fire Pete Carroll? As you can imagine, fans were reacting to this loss. What's up with that? You want to know how fickle fans are, bro? Pete has 100 wins, and it's just like, oh, the first comment on my, one of my stories uh, last night was, time for Ron Rivera. I'm like, what? Damn. Yeah, man. Pete's the best coach in franchise history, and he's he's a big part of the reason that uh, they have 11 wins, and while they're making the playoffs for like the umpteenth time in a row, man, like, you're not going to get better than Pete Carroll. You're just not. That's really just, putting it. The grass is not greener in this regard. The, right. the culture he's built is is sustainable. And there's a reason the team has been really good. Obviously, yeah, having good players, Bobby, Russ, you know, developing DBs, you know, things like that. But you can't just get rid of Pete, man. They're about to go to the playoffs, bro. What the? What? People are. If you think they should get rid of the Pete, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, go to church. I don't know. <laughs> go to get a confessional, man. You got some things to work out that aren't about Pete. This is some inner issues that you have if you're done with, with Pete already. After he has 100 wins. And the only Super Bowl in franchise history, and he just took you back to the playoffs again in the toughest division in football. Like, come on, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? All right, next up, given the injuries at running back, what ratio of run versus pass do you expect to see next week? And then part two, not Seahawks related, what are some of your guys' favorite podcasts besides your own, obviously? Uh, Let's see. I think my I like the, the sports media podcast that our boy Richard does uh, for The Athletic. I'm going to go with Jalen and Jacoby. I know, that's your one. They shouted you out once, too. A couple of times. Oh, I, really? I rock with them, yeah. Uh, Those okay. guys are pretty dope. I consider us the, the younger version. Right. Your hairline's better than Jalen's, though. Oh, man. No one gets the haircut more than you, so. <laughs> uh, the ratio of run pass, nothing's going to change, man. You still have to go in there with your identity at this point. You can't just turn into a new team in a week. You have to do what you do best. You got to be able to block. <laughs> you can't change nothing if you don't block. For real. Next up, how is the energy in the room? Will John and Pete finally spend money on some O-line help next season? Is Deion Sanders right? Okay, I joked about Deion Sanders twice <laughs> last night. No, Deion Sanders is not right. Uh, Seahawks do have a perceived uh, home field advantage that is also reflected in their win-loss record, specifically in the playoffs um, in recent years. Like, even with these this down year at home this year, they're still a really, really good uh, team at home. Just historically. And yes, the crowd does get loud here, and that does impact people. Like, to say that it doesn't is just ridiculous. Players will tell you, coaches will tell you, you know, opposing fans will tell you. Like, it's just, it's real. It's a tangible feeling in Century League. Deion's tripping. He also uh, cheating with his hairline. Uh, Let's see here. (laughs) Will Pete and John spend money on some O-line help? No. No, no, no. You just don't buy good O-linemen. You really Mm. don't. Like, Dwayne was rare. Getting Dwayne was 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 rare. Uh, it was a unicorn. Yeah, and you had to. And he had to basically have a racist owner uh, f- for you to get him out of Houston. So no, I don't think so. You have to draft and develop a lineman, just like every other position, man. You you just have to. And the energy in the locker room. Uh, oh, terrible! There we go. It was it was terrible. It wasn't playing no music, man. That's yeah, how you know it's bad. Hey, I was just, that, that was my next word. All right, crystal ball time. Tell us how this plays out. 
49ers. What do you got, Mike? How's it? What happens? Loss. Okay. That means they are falling to possibly the fifth or sixth seed, right? Yeah, I say five seed probably. Okay. They're going to Philly. All right. How does that play out? I think they beat Philly. Then they go to uh probably to Green Bay. How's that play out? And that's a loss. All right. Seahawks season ends in Green Bay. Yep. Yeah. That's Is that my a bad season, Mike. Uh in your opinion. Ooh, that's a good question. I I'm sorry to throw that at you randomly, but I just it just came to my head and I'm you know, yes or no. I reserve season. the right to change that opinion too. Things could change. Absolutely. Um but for now, that's what would be my guess. Uh, is that a ba- is that a bad season? You said yeah, just a bad season. Is that a b- no? It's not a bad season. All right. Is that a disappointing season? Sure, I would say a disappointment, <sighs> considering what they had expectations for and what they wanted to accomplish. I'm not saying Super Bowl or bust, but I think they definitely have an opportunity to be in that divisional championship if, game. If they were to do all that without, if they were to have Shaq, Clowney, and Diggs in that game against Green Bay. I think that actually is disappointing to lose them. Okay. Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. Not with those two Smith brothers coming off the edge. Ah. Forgot about that. (laughs) Mental lapse. It's all good. Yeah. All right. On a scale from one to bed of Golden Retriever puppies, how soft is the decision-making of Pete Carroll? I'm definitely going to go with the puppies. Hashtag never kick. There it is. Definitely the puppies, man. (laughs) Definitely the puppies, man. Pete be playing soft, bro. Go for it, man. Come on, man. You're killing me. All right. This is a two-part one. For a small dose of optimism, who was out today that we should have anticipating back next week? Give us the guys that will be back. Who you think? I think Shaq and JD play next week. I don't know how well they'll play because they're going to be – no one's going to be 100% who comes back, even if Diggs is out there, like I said. But I think Shaq and JD should be back. At the very least, I think Shaq will be back. All right. And then this is the part two of it. More of a shoddy or rush issue not getting Lockett – and DK involved today. I don't think it was either one. I think the the pass blocking was so bad and so inconsistent that they just had no shot today. Like it was even the quick stuff was getting batted down. It was just you know Tyler had the one he didn't bring in on the diving one. Like it was just when you can't block like that, you're gonna you're gonna struggle against anybody. And I don't even think that like screens or quick game could have fixed between the Cardinals batting stuff down at the line. And the line just not being able to like hold blocks long enough for guys to get open, it was it was just a mess. Okay. Other than Russ, give me reasons to be optimistic this season. They can beat anybody. They've proven that. They beat at the time who was the best team in the league, and they barely beat the worst team in the league, <laughs> for real. And they just lost to the, to Brett Hundley. Like <laughs> anything is possible. To to quote, you know, KG. I remember at USC and early in his tenure, Pete used to pull some wild pranks. Haven't heard about any recently, though I might have just missed him. Also, since neither Ziggy or Clowney have had monster years, do you see do you see them resigning in the offseason? Love the pod, keep it up. Okay, they do. I'm not. I can't get into specifics, also mostly because they haven't come out as much. They do pranks though. I think they got Clowney when he signed or got traded here. I, I know they've got new guys. They definitely get rookies. Oh, that's they for sure get rookies. Uh, I just didn't think it's been. They've been been tight lipped about it. Uh, to be honest, so I, I'm sorry. I can't offer specifics on. That. I do know it happens though. The guys have hinted at stuff like that. It definitely does happen still. Uh, on Ziggy and Clowney, I don't see Ziggy coming back at all. I don't think there's a scenario in in which he comes back. Clowney, there is, but the price point matters too much. We're gonna have to do a whole pod this year, Chris, on Clowney in his offseason. 
I, I would say I would say probably my guess on Clowney would be no. That'd be my guess. That's my guess right now. No Clowney, no Ziggy. Yeah, I feel it. Next up, gents. What a mess today. Most of the miscues on offense seem to be rooted with the O-line. We kind of alluded to that. Feels like a tall task to correct for a much more talented 49ers defense. What changes do you think they make to put the Seahawks in the best position to win? Happy holidays to you guys. Appreciate the love. I don't think they're going to be able to out-execute the 49ers, although it's possible. Um, definitely possible. Um, but I think what they're, they should go in expecting to execute, obviously. But I think deception is their friend against the Niners. I don't think they're just going to line up and just like go man on man and just be whooping cats. I just think that's to, to expect to do that for 60 minutes, even at home, is just going to be uh, a daunting task. I think I'm talking like motions, like line up, you know, go, uh, stray away from your tendencies that they're going to see on film. You know, if you usually throw out of this personnel, run out of that personnel. Usually run out of this personnel, throw out of this personnel. You know, I like getting David on a run. They've run DK before, they've run Tyler. You know, use John Arsua if you have to, you know, just throw things at them, you know, play action early, play action, uh, you know, without necessarily establishing the run uh, first, you know, more screens, receiver screens, fullback screens, tight end screens, you know, I don't know, use some pistol stuff. You got I think deception is going to be a thing. Use a lot of pre-snap motion to get them arguing and pointing and, and looking discombobulated like the Rams do to them. Use your tempo uh, more often. I think those can be things that like are subtle adjustments that you can implement in a week uh, as opposed to like, we're just going to be the chiefs now, you know, like yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't work like that necessarily. But I would say deception is going to be their friends and staying away and straying from their tendencies. Cause everything's about film study in the NFL. Everyone watches film and goes off that. So, you know, break some tendencies, you know, I think deception and breaking their tendencies would be their friend against the Niners. Perfect. Please tell me why the offense is so hot and cold. Mostly cold lately. It's not just injuries. No, it's not just injuries. The pass protection hasn't been good all year, to be honest. Russ has not been great. Um, his tackles have been inconsistent. Not tackles. His uh, his O line has been inconsistent. And when you're inconsistent, you're you're uh, when you're inconsistent with your pass protection, your offense in general will be inconsistent. That, Perfect. Th- that's just plain and simple. My dude. I assume Shotty's offensive game plan deficiencies are glaring. Who specifically makes the halftime adjustments? Has Pete or anyone else ever elaborated on the process? Seems the things that don't work in the first half are still not working in the second. I mean, everyone plays a role. You got the assistants upstairs who can see things a lot better, uh, who are given input. Um, you know, Pete, obviously, he's the overseer of all things. So he, you know, he adjusts. Shotty makes adjustments. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of adjustments. It's it's a collaborative effort, uh, for sure. That's on both sides of the ball. Uh, I would say. I don't think his game plan wasn't. Bro, they came out and scored a touchdown on the first drive. I think the game plan was solid. It just when when everything went to hell, <laughs> you know, there was wasn't much he could do. Like he was rolling out boots and quick stuff and like, come on, man. Like he he ran a perfect quick game to uh, David Moore on a third down. What's David do? Fumble. A shoddy fault. Is it a poor adjustment? No, man. He runs a perfect diagram something for DK. What does he do? Drop it. We got nothing to do with Shotty, bro. Nothing. You know, it was fourth and a million in the fourth quarter. Nothing they could do. All right. On a scale from 1 to 12, Mike, how do you like the Seahawks' chances to win the Super Bowl this season? Uh, about a 2. No. Win right now? I don't know. Love the show. 
Thanks for all you do. Hashtag Go Hawks. Hashtag Team Never Kick. I love everyone on Team Never Kick. I'm making <laughs> Never Kick shirts um, this off season, by the way. Damn, I gotta really drop these Just Kick It shirts. I'm gonna get mine out first, and I gonna be more fire. All right, I'm getting it done. Why does Pete Carroll hate fun? Um, because his shoes are bad. There is only one relevant question right now. How f-ed are they? Well, um, <laughs> okay, so we have to define that really briefly. Let's define that. Uh, if we're asking about winning the Super Bowl, I'd say very much so. If we're asking about getting to the Super Bowl, I would say very much so. Uh, if we're asking about winning the division, I'd say not very much. If we're talking about getting a, a home game in the playoffs, oh, that'd be winning the division. <laughs> uh, if getting home field in the playoffs, I would say that's probably not going to happen. I think this team can win a playoff game still. I think they can. Any, it doesn't matter. Again, any venue. If you're if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, I can't be confident in that happening. Not now. Not with the way this team is inconsistent and can't execute uh, up front consistently. Does that answer that? Yes, it does. Our last question of the night: Do we know why the Seahawks passed on Buddha Baker for McDowell? Thanks. That's a good question. Um, yeah, because the Seahawks were thinking that Malik McDowell was a top 10 talent who fell because of character issues that they felt they could have under control. So they felt like they were getting a top 10 talent at pick number 34 or whatever. And they were able to do that while trading back to get players like, I think they got Delano with those extra picks. They got one other player, maybe Darbo and Chris Carson, I think is what they used the extra picks for when they traded back. So, that's what they were thinking. Like that that's their thought process. So that's why they didn't take like TJ Watt or that uh, Cam Robinson, the tackle from Jacksonville, that's why they didn't take Buddha. Um did Buddha even go before Malik? I think he did. He did. I think he did. Like a couple spots. So yeah, I think that's why. I think that was their thought process on taking Malik before some of those other guys. They thought they were getting a more talented player at a later spot. And Perfect. who knows? Maybe Malik was more talented than all of those guys. We still don't know. Just didn't pan out. They didn't think he was going to break his face and, and for, not, on a four wheeler, <laughs> right? Like, how could they have known that? Uh, so that's why. Well, we want to thank everybody for answering, answering for asking Twitter questions. Really appreciate the love and support. Yes, we had to make some changes tonight because we're, there were so many. Unfortunately, we couldn't name everybody. But again, we appreciate the love and support. And as long as y'all keep showing it, we will answer the questions. But before we get out of here, Mike, it's hot take time, and things have shaped have shaped up in the NFL. Teams are making the postseason. Some teams aren't. What you got for us, Mike? I still think the Pats are going to win the Super Bowl. I really do. I swear, man. Nothing nothing that happens with them. Deter- they only got to win two games. Should the Super we Bowl. bet another dinner? I mean, are you mellow? No. It's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> unless you pick a team, I'm not going to give you the field. No. Uh, but, yeah, I still think the Pats are going to win the Super Bowl. It's crazy. I really do. I, I can't even be mad at that. I mean, until they are beaten. <laughs> They, yeah, they're literally the Warriors of the NFL. Uh, basically, they're better than the Warriors. They've been doing this for twenty years. Yeah, like this is, or maybe like eighteen, but like still, this is this is crazy. Like, they only have to win two games, and one of them is going to be at home. So basically, they have to just win one road game to go to the Super Bowl, and then just a coin flip. Maybe people should start cheating. Stephen A. Smith said it. Pitch is already cheating. No, I'm saying other teams should join that and just try to find ways to just cheat. Yeah, the Seahawks had a bunch of dudes on drugs, so they're already cheating. You're right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. Mike, man, where can they follow you at? Especially if they're new here. Uh, if you're new and you 
thugged it out all the way to the end of the podcast today, uh, welcome. Uh, make sure you get a question in uh, if you didn't. And uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike Duga, man. Again, we really appreciate the questions and the input. That really drives our post-game uh, show. Me and Chris could talk about whatever. We want to hear what you guys think and try to respond to that. Everyone had really good questions today. A lot of it was overlap, which is why we grouped a lot of them together. Uh, but I think we got what everyone was, the gist of everything everyone was asking. Running back situation, play calling, scheme, moving forward, what happens. Uh, so... Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Catch you on our uh, next episode with the homie Matt Barrows, hopefully. Talk about the 49ers game. We out. <laughs>